Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And good morning, dear ones. Rev Briz over here. Rev Z right here. And Rev C over here. And we're a few ministers talking shit this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Seven o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone here on the New Thought Media Network. We're so grateful that you are with us. Yes, we have a special guest today. Uh, Reverend Dr. Charlotte Stokes Manning is currently out of the Washington, D.C. area. She serves at the Unity of Houston and has her very own program here on New Thought Media Network Sunday evenings, the Sunday evening masterclass with Dr. Charlotte. And that is, let me make sure I get my time right, six o'clock mountain time, eight o'clock on the East Coast. Dr. Charlotte, welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you're with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. I'm from Unity of Washington, D.C., though, not Unity of Houston. Oh, did I? Yeah, I apologize. All right. That's all right. <laughs> That's a, early. Yes, early. Sylvia Sumter is my senior minister, and she might be wondering, when did she go to Houston? <laughs> well, to or, I spent I spent about uh, 11 years going back and forth from here to Houston, so I know I've got his mind all clogged up there. <laughs> okay. We're going to blame it on Z this morning. It, it's right. his fault. <laughs> so, uh, and, all right. So, Unity of Washington D.C. We make that correction. My apologies there. Okay. Uh, say good morning to a few folks. Good morning, Diego, brother of God. Good to see you, Linda. Happy, happy Friday, brother Wayne. Who, ha ha, all the way from Geneva, Switzerland. Fiona, with us as well this morning. Glad you're all here, folks. Please do hit the share button. Let your friends know what we're doing as well, and. I, I just could tell you, buckle up, <laughs> because if you've watched this program, you know that we're not afraid to take a look at some of what's going on in the world. And recently, we're going to share a video here with you. Just yesterday, I turned on something and um, made my blood boil. And uh, I immediately thought, OK, I want to talk with Z about this one. And uh, and it just so happened that Dr. Charlotte was is our guest today and planned and scheduled to be a guest today. So this is uh, well, let's set it up here. This is Tucker Carlson. Um, sorry, I had to say that name. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this is a really interesting story. The woman on the screen, uh, she in uh, her name is there, uh, M Michelle Tafoya. Uh, she was on the sidelines of the Super Bowl last week. Or two weeks ago, if you watched if you watched our program, we've we've started to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit over the last few weeks. And she was on the sidelines, and then on Wednesday she retired from NBC. And uh, this is all the stuff that Tucker set up before. We're clipping all that out so you don't have to listen to that. Uh, and then this is the interview, and we want to watch this for a few minutes, and then we're going to uh, discuss a, a little bit of what we hear here. Please feel free to chime along, chat along, and let us know a little bit more what you think as we go along with this. Um, 
So here it is, uh, Tucker Carlson and Michelle Tafoya. On this new chapter, what an interesting decision that you made. Why did you make it? Uh, it's been on my mind for quite a while, Tucker. Thank you for having me. And no, NBC did not encourage this. They did not force this. This has been on my mind. I've been waking up every day with a palpable pull at my gut that my side, my view, my, my middle ground kind of moderate viewpoint is not being represented yeah. to the rest of the world, I didn't feel. And um, and so rather than, you know, just banging it out on Twitter or Instagram every day, I thought, I've got to do something. I have benefited greatly from the American dream. And I feel like for the sake of my kids and because I so love this country, I've got to start giving back. Boy, that is the best possible reason. So people who watch sports, of course, know you and have for many years. You went on The View recently, which is a slightly different venue for you. We have just a short clip, and I want to ask if this had some role in your decision. Here it is. My kids in school, there is a big, big focus on the color of your skin. How and my children? My children are now uh, 16 and 13. In what it's, way? It's been going on since they were in lower school, mm -hmm. all right? And it is that there are affinity groups on campus for my, my, my son's first best friend was a little African-American boy. They were inseparable. Mm -hmm. Get to a certain age, they start having what's called an affinity group, which means you go for lunch and pizza with people who look like you. Suddenly, my son wasn't hanging out with him anymore. Why are we even teaching that the color of the skin matters? Because to me, what matters is your character and your values. Yes, but you know, you live in the United States. You know that color of skin has been mattering to people. Can't for, we for change years. it that it well, doesn't? We, we need white people to step up and do that. But I think that we they've been doing that since the Civil War. And no, I'm not saying no, it's perfect. No, 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 they, they haven't. Wow, that was such a... Such a moderate thing to say, such a sensible thing to say. Um, okay, guys, <laughs> is that a moderate thing to say? Is that a, beyond the fact that you know us white folks have been fixing this shit since the Civil War? I, let's beyond all that. Is that a moderate perspective and view? Just by virtue of the fact that she's on Tucker Carlson's show, should tell you it's not a moderate uh, point of view. To, to label, you know, groups, calling them infinity, uh, affinity groups. Well, they've had affinity groups since time began. And, and as we were talking about early on, when she's talking about her son, you know, during the days of slavery, when, when children were young babies, they were allowed to interact and play with the slave master's children as well. But once they reached puberty, they were isolated and separated into this affinity group, slaves over here, privilege over here. Uh, I, I just think it's awful for a white person to try and speak from a place of knowing what it's like to be black in America, particularly in America. Now, having said that, her prefacing saying that she's, she's a proud American, what the hell makes her think that I'm not? You know, but by virtue of her trying to tell me what it's like to be black and can't we just get over it? Oh, my God. If I, I, I said to you, if I had a nickel 
for every time a white person said, well, it's not as bad as it used to be. And when are black people going to get over slavery? Well, you know, you track your ancestors. You go back to the beginning of how you, the only na native people in this country, original people are, are the native Americans. So you came from somewhere too. But you know, it for her to speak to that, by virtue of the fact that she is speaking from the point of view that she is tells me that she don't know jack okay right. about not only being black but black history or black memory of this country and i'm i'm sorry to jump right in there but I, I, <laughs> ridiculous to me when i listen to white privilege try to talk to me about what it's like to be black yeah and you know it, it you know, she she makes this statement of affinity groups as if it's a bad thing, and I would just, you know, uh, Dr. Charlotte, you, you as we get to know each other a lot better, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a natural religion kind of guy in some ways, where I look to nature for 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 the ultimate answer, and we have plenty of affinity groups within our body. They call hearts and lungs and kidneys, and uh, they still cooperate with each other. But when heart cells start trying to act like liver cells or kidney cells, it becomes cancer. And then we're not another problem. So yeah. it's not about having affinity groups. Everybody has the group that they belong to and what they should be a part of. It is about how do you interact with the other groups. And by being from a white privileged position, it's easy to say, you know, uh, why can't y'all just get over that? Well, part of the problem is for 400 years, black people have been starting, each generation has been starting from zero. And the majority of white society has been starting each term on the backs of what was gathered from the slaves that went before them. Yes. So, yes. We can't just forget it. You can't just let it go. We understand how long ago it was, and we understand that that you specifically may not have had slaves or treated uh, African Americans poorly, but you have benefited and still benefit by the system that was set up to support it. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see where she goes with this. I agree. Let's uh, let's continue, folks. Here we go a little more. And yet it seemed like such a controversial thing. I thought that was really brave that you said that. What did you think of the reaction? I'm just astonished that we're we're so looking in the rearview mirror and not absorbing the progress yes. that we've made in this country and building on it and recognizing it. Um, I, you know, uh, I don't think a person like Whoopi Goldberg would have had that role 50 years ago. She right. has that now. I mean, that uh, I, I, we, you and I know, Tucker, we could come up with a million examples. And it breaks my heart that my kids are being taught that skin color matters. And to me, if you want white people to step up, I was stepping up when I addressed the school and said, exactly. why are we having these picnics for families of color? Why are we separating our kids? If the world is into Okay, let, let's go there for a second. Let, let's answer this woman here, right? Uh, why are we, why are we? Let me ask you this question. Do you know what picnic is? 
Do you know where that word came from? I, I, yes. So for and, her to even use that term shows you that the insensitivity of her thinking. Right. Okay. I, I just want to put picnics for those in your audience that don't know or Sunday evenings when they would like in, in Europe, in the UK, where they would have fox hunts. Well, they had nigger hunts back in those days where they would release a slave and they would sit around on the lawn on their pretty little blankets and eating their their food while their husbands and sons and what have you literally <laughs> hunted a black a slave. That's what the term picnic came. You don't hear black people don't use that term. We'll say barbecue or cookout or whatever. We don't use that term. Sorry. <laughs> and and you know I it, it's it's. Tucker Carlson, he sits there all, I don't even know what the word is for his presentation. Um, <laughs> I've got a few. <laughs> <laughs> but but this whole idea of letting it go, um, you know, as, as some of you may know, I'm a I'm an amateur genealogist. And I right now can on one side of my family, I can go all the way back to the 1700s, 1600s, really, the late 1600s uh, from Europe, and they were not African-American. And so this whole idea of uh, letting it go is ridiculous. I mean, there are... There are uh, people's lives, people's livelihoods, and people's extended families that are still, you know, not getting their 40 acres and a mule, if you will. I, I'll take I'll take 10 acres and a, and a lawnmower. Um, <laughs> I think I can make something happen with that. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and we have to begin to understand that when one group of people is subjugated to the physical, mental, and monetary uh, stepping stone of a whole nother generation that was built specifically to support that system. There's a lot of right side and then a lot of affinity that need to be done for people to just get beyond that. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday, in our in a little bit of preparation for this, because like I said, folks, when I saw this yesterday, the first thing I did is called Z and said, what up? And one of the things you shared with me yesterday that I think is really, really important is society as a whole has proven that we're incapable of teaching black history accurately. Mm -hmm. Here on the network, we've been running a daily Black History Moment video clips. You can find them all across the internet. And I personally, and, and I feel like I, I do my work. I, I try everything I can to stay on top of the stories of what's going on. And I'm learning things that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm being uh, awakened to new pieces of Black history that I've never been aware of. I've never been taught it. I've been searching. Um, and... <laughs> So we know the kids in the in grade school or lower school, as she said, you can hear the hierarchy there, is most likely not teaching an accurate portrayal of black history. Where else are black kids going to learn the truth of their heritage and their culture and their and their history, if not 
in an affinity group of some sort. Well, you know, we grew up Sundays in in the black family. I'm I'm 70 years old. So we have talked about this on on numerous occasions. I I'm talking to you about black memory, not black history. And 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 the one of the rituals that we had on Sunday morning, you know, we had breakfast, we went to church, we were in church until one or two o'clock in the afternoon. We came home and as dinner was being prepared, we I don't you probably don't even remember this. They had the album of the month club. My grand, we always listened to either classical music or Broadway show tunes or or something like that, but we did cultural uh, things on Sunday. And the other thing that we talked about was our history. Black history, there was no Black History Month when I was growing up. Our history right. was not taught. We, I had to sit in my ninth grade high, high school class and listen to my English teacher read Huckleberry Finn and every other word calling me, uh, calling us, because we were the first school to integrate in Virginia, niggers. And I mean, the word nigger just rolled off her tongue like, you know, it was just such an easy thing for her to say. So our history was always taught. We knew about Sally Hemmings and Thomas Jefferson and Monticello and their nine children way before white people had to acknowledge. And they wouldn't have Strom Thurmond and his black daughter, which he was the biggest segregationist in, 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 in this area. So, I mean, we knew these things because we were taught these things at home. Every morning, my grandfather would say to my brother and I, we had to go to, before we went to school, we had to pick out the encyclopedia World Book Encyclopedia, you remember that? <laughs> go back and come in the kitchen as we sat down for breakfast and we had to read something from the, the World Book Encyclopedia. That's how we were educated. We didn't depend on white people to tell our story because we knew that they would they would be inaccurate and in how they told it. Now, I, and, 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 and I'm not throwing stones at white people because I understand, you know, these were, were, were right-wing evangelicals that had to justify the, what they did to a whole race of people. And I'm going to shut up after this. I'm just going to say, we are the only race of people that came to this country against their will and with a job. And I heard someone uh, uh, say the other day, we are the best of the best because we are the generations that survived the trip from Africa to this country. So she can say whatever the hell she wants to say. She can't tell me shit about being black. Thank you very much. <laughs> Reverend. <laughs> Amen. Some, somebody fired up this morning. I told you when he asked me, Rev Z, I said, okay, buckle up. You best be ready because this is, and I think it's important. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. Just know right. that. But I don't think it's my responsibility to teach white people about segregation, uh, racism, and supremacy. All those words were created by them. They were not created by us. Talk about Burke's Beach. 
in 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 California, the land that was stolen, Greenwood in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rosewood in Florida, all of these uh these thriving communities. But when black people get too much, they got to do something about it. I think that might be her final point. Let's check in and make sure uh, because this isn't over yet, folks. Listen here. Let's continue that and 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 have everyone find out what we all have in common, not just what we have in common with people who look like us. Man, uh, you know, I I would I bet you twenty bucks that ninety five percent of Americans agree with what you just said. And I, but to say that when you work at NBC Sports or any big media company really takes, I mean, you must have known that you would be attacked for defending the American ideal as you did. Why did you do that? Because I don't care if I'm attacked. Um, I really am not afraid of that. And I guess I feel like so many people now are afraid. Yeah. And I'm not. Um, listen, I know there are repercussions for whatever I choose to say. Uh, I, and I've talked to my kids' school about it. You know, please don't hold this against my kids. I'm speaking for me. I'm speaking for my family. But please don't hold this against my kids. But this is what I really believe. I think I speak for a lot of people, like you said, Tucker, and a lot of these people, my friends, are afraid to repost things that I've posted or, you know, get into political conversations. They are, and they've said it, I'm afraid. I don't want to get in these arguments with my friends, with my boss, with my colleagues. This is the most terrifying thing in the world to me right now, that people are afraid to talk. These are words coming out of our mouths. Yeah, yes. we could probably hurt people with our words. I acknowledge that. But I get to choose my reaction to everybody's words. And everybody else gets to choose their reaction to my words. So they can choose to react to what I say. I'm going to choose to, to say what I believe and what I feel very strongly about. And, and um, I'm going to continue this. And, and this, is, this is the direction I'm headed. Oh. Now, here's my tough piece, right, guys? She appears and sounds like she's using many of the same, quote, words and languages and things that New Thought teaches. It, it, when I, that last segment, I watched it over and over and over again. And I can picture a minister on stage saying, you, you know, your words are, your, your words affect you and, and you have to pay attention to the, uh, but this feels so slimy and it feels so twisted and, and it, and it feels like I'm being set up. Um, and the first term that comes to my mind is dog whistling. We're, we're the, this is racist dog whistling at the highest degree. Um, because it almost sounds like something we could agree with if we, if it wasn't about her, if it wasn't about race, if it wasn't about this affinity piece that she's so upset about, it almost sounds like something we could get behind as spiritual folk, right? Yeah, but she thinks the difference is she believes, she said her about her words, and yes, words can hurt people. And yeah, she prefaced it by saying that, but underneath that, if you unpack that, what she's saying is what she says is right. And what response we have is not. So I see a right and wrong 
in 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 what she's espousing that you know uh as long as you listen to don't hold this against my kids why would anybody hold this against your children unless you are you are prefacing or you are espousing a dogma like you said um you know you're blowing a whistle on something you're saying that all of these little colored people need to go back here and sit down and be grateful that they got what they got and 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 be thankful and don't 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 uh don't cross that line so i i think there's something that we can unpack in that last segment uh that she's mm -hmm. talking about that just don't wash don't wash mm -mm. yeah and and you know it it uh it's it's it as as they say in the south it hurts my heart mm -hmm. uh to 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 see her and you know I, I i i would love to know how long they prepped to get that with the stoic little face and the and the nice monotone language uh to make that presentation seem as you were saying uh bridge that that it's it's rational it's sound it's it's something right. that everyone can agree to um but in reality when we look at anything, I mean, even to this day, there are hardly any black CEOs in America. There are very few African-Americans in the financial services industry. Right. There are, which are basically affinity groups. Mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> uh, if, even if we just go so far as to say the affinity groups of sports broadcasters, mm -hmm. right? So we 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 really have to be careful of how we listen to what people are saying who who are who are trying to um, isolate African Americans or any underserved community, Black, Brown, Native American community that is beginning to or continuing to stake a claim and make a statement about their. Uh, their place to be here, their their history, their right, and and what they're due in terms of respect, and just you know allow you know as as they used to say, look, take your medicine. You you've been sick for a while now. You just got you got to take your medicine. I know it's turpentine <laughs> and it's going to taste real bad. I'm gonna put a little drop of honey in it maybe, but you got to take it. Yeah. There is one thing that she said that I absolutely agree with. We have to ha be willing to have a conversation. Yes. Race in this country, we have such a, a diametrical opposing views on race in this country. And I'm not just talking about, you know, there's only one common denominator in the racist issue in this country, and that's the white male, and specifically the mm -hmm. white male over 60. Okay, and that's that Moses generation, as I was saying, that needed to wander and die off in the desert for 40 years before Joshua could enter into the promised land. So fortunately, fortunately, we have young people now that are emerging that get this. The conversation is beginning to happen. And, and we have to go through this period. We're going to have to go through this. And like you said, Rev Z, we got to take the medicine, but we have to be willing to have the conversation and not get emotionally revved up when we have it, that we can have, we can have a conversation that says your point of view is based on 
this, this, and this. My point of view is based on this, this, and this. And be willing. You don't have to change anybody's opinion, but just be willing to listen to the conversation and have a conversation about it without being angry and upset. And Because you can't change the one unity principle we all know is there is only this moment. Yeah. And past is there to teach you, not torment you. So that's what we need to do. And I'm so grateful that you have chosen to look at this subject this morning uh, because it is a topic that we need to have. And I hope we'll go further and have more conversations about this. Uh, we will definitely have more conversations about this. We'd love to have you back on again, Dr. Charlotte. Uh, this has been absolutely wonderful. Folks, we're not going to show you the rest of the interview because I think the jury is in. Michelle <laughs> Tafoya, you're full of shit. <laughs> I, I, there it is. And that's the thumbnail for the video. So please, folks, <gasps> let your friends know what we're doing here. This is the New Thought Media Network. We're here every Friday at 7 a.m. for ministers talking shit. Before we go today, we'd like to take just a quick moment and say thank you to everyone that makes this possible, our financial contributors. Please help us say thank you to the organizations and individuals that make all this happen. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Denver for your continued support. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta for your monthly contribution. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living North Jersey for your monthly contribution. And please help us welcome Ohm Center for Spiritual Living in La Mesa, California. Thank you for your monthly donation. Thank you Center for Spiritual Living Seattle for your most generous donation. And a special thanks to Hecklin Foundation for your generous technology grant. And Suze Ajit, thank you for your very generous donation. And a big shout out to all our committed donors. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of those that make this happen. If you'd like to get your name on the movie, please head on over to the website, ntmedia.org. Click on the donate button and make it a monthly donation mm -hmm. of any amount, and we'll get you on the thank you video as well. All right. And please remember, Sunday evening, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Eastern, the Sunday evening masterclass with Dr. Charlotte Manning. You get a, a whole hour of Dr. Charlotte every week here on the New Thought Media Network. And uh, I'm sure you'll see her show up on other programs here. So check the archives uh, and catch up on there. All right, guys, we're running just a little over today. So uh, I think we've got just enough time to do final thoughts. Rev Z. Hey, I like Dr. Charlotte's uh, uh, statement, a uh, 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 call to action. Let's sit down at the family tables on Sundays and have some real good conversations and learn that truth trumps facts. No, mm. I had to use that other word. I'm sorry, but no uh, pun intended, right? <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, thank you, thank you, Rev Z. It was a pleasure to meet you this morning. Robert, I just think what you're doing is amazing. I cannot wait to that until this network is a global phenomenon. I know that we are headed in the right direction. We're having the right conversations. We're doing the right things that we will lift not only the consciousness of America, but the consciousness of the globe. So thank you for taking on this mission. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That much left for me to say after that, <laughs> except again, thank you to those of you out in watching and listening, whether this is a podcast, whether you're catching this on a replay on a video archive somewhere. Uh, thank you for being a part of what we're doing uh, because it does allow us. I think that the big takeaway for me today is we've got to have these conversations. We're never going to know what our brothers and sisters, sorry, I'm going to get rid of that phrase. We never know what our fellow humans are really thinking unless we open up to having conversations with them. And uh, so we got to break the bubbles. All right, folks, we're out of here for now. Free with us again. Remember, full day of programming here on New Thought Media Network. Be Your Own Hero starts with Sekou Rights in just a few moments. Prayer time at 8.15. Morning sip at 8.30. Wake up, say thank you at, uh, at 9 o'clock. Throughout the day, we've got the good news at 5 o'clock tonight and the fireside chat with Pastor Michael at 6. So keep with us. Share with your friends. Until next time, peace.